say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into College Football Weekday with Cray. Looking ahead to week three. How's it already week three? Some teams, it's week three, but some teams playing their fourth game. Recording, we're recording today's podcast and... Casa de Cray here in the living room with the dog over to my left on the floor. My name is Matthew Cray. You can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-K-R-E-H and you can follow ESPN 730 The Game where you can find this podcast at 730 The Game on Twitter, ESPN 730 The Game Facebook. We're going to look ahead to week three and just give you a couple things to watch for heading into this coming weekend. I want to start off with a story out of Clemson that came out on Thursday. Clemson defensive tackle Brian Brissy, his sister, who had been dealing with the battle uh, with brain cancer, passed away. Very sad story. Uh, Ella Brissy, 15 years old, had uh, she was with the team last week, and I think she was going to lead them on the Tiger Walk, and then she had a setback. Brian, as Dabo said earlier this week, there are things more important than football. So Brian at home with his family right now. Clemson this weekend going to try to wear do a gray out, wear gray, which is the color to support brain cancer awareness, uh, which will be really cool. But thoughts and prayers with them as that's just a very tough situation for their family to lose a daughter, to lose a sister to lose a friend to lose a family member someone brian at least had 15 years of life with or i guess his whole family did so super difficult situation there and so so just wanted to preface and lead with that before we get into some of these other things i am going to be at the clemson game this weekend as they take on louisiana tech this is their last at a conference game before they really dive into that conference schedule with wake forest and nc state and the defense didn't look great last week against Furman. and Dabo made that known in his press conference that the defense needed to not loaf called out miles murphy but the one thing i'm looking for with clemson this weekend you know every year as a fan of a college football team and you guys will know what i'm talking about here you go into the season And their reports, their reporters watching camp. And every year, you hear one or two names get thrown out there. 
and you're like, oh, I keep hearing this name. I keep hearing this name about this guy who's been really good in camp. Like, it just keeps popping up. I remember when Travis Etienne came to Clemson, greatest running back in the history of the ACC. Travis was a late recruit, and he wasn't very highly touted. But all camp, oh, Travis Etienne, this Etienne guy, Clemson got a got lucky with him. Travis Etienne, you got to watch him play, and boom, even as a freshman, jumped off the screen. There are three names I've heard from Clemson this camp. Two of them have played, one has not. The first is Blake Miller. I believe that's his name. The offensive lineman. Struggled against Georgia Tech, starting at tackle, right tackle as a freshman. Reports out of Clemson, Blake Miller is a dog. And he'll be starting at right tackle. Number two guy I heard coming out of camp. Slot receiver, Dutch Fork, South Carolina. Dutch Fork High School, Columbia, South Carolina. Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams has looked like one of Clemson's three best receivers so far. Number one name I heard at a camp this offseason, and this is the number one thing I'm looking for in college football this weekend. Uh, Biased, I am a Clemson fan, so this isn't a national story necessarily. But I think it kind of is. Adam Randall, 6'5", freshman wide receiver Adam Myrtle Beach. Going to be making his Clemson debut after a torn ACL this summer. He's been working with the scout team for a few weeks now. And I think getting him back could be crucial to Clemson's success this year. And here's why. We talked about, after the Georgia Tech game, one of Clemson's problems is wide receiver. And the inability to push the ball down the field. One of the things in football that kind of tells you how good an offense is could be yards of play, depth of target. Are you pushing the ball down the field? For college football... Not all of those statistics are available just at my fingertips, but we're going to look at passing plays, long passing plays through the games that have been played. So let's let's do 30 yards because you can hit a 20-yard in route over the middle occasionally, but I want to go with 30 yards. How often are you going for a deep ball, a bomb? How often are you stretching the field? Number one. On this list, with eight plays of 30-plus yards, Ohio State, the Buckeyes, one of my national title favorites. Number four on this list, Oklahoma. Big 12, good offense, usually do pretty well. Other national powers up there, Southern Cal, with five plays of 30-plus yards. Lincoln Riley, offensive genius. Move down the list a little bit and a little more and a little more tied for 111th next to last Clemson with one play of 30 plus yards this year. No plays of 40 or more through the air. Clemson lacks a deep ball threat. And based on everything I've heard, Adam Randall fits that perfectly good teams can push the ball down the field you you have to be able to push the ball down the field to win close games and so far Clemson hasn't been able to do that they haven't been tested quite enough but that's one of these the reasons Clemson fans are so frustrated 
is that the offense just looks so difficult. Well, when there's no one to take the top off the defense, the safeties can come up. The linebackers can come up. You can play tighter and press man because the receivers aren't going to beat you. You need a T. Higgins, a Justin Ross, a Martavis Bryant, a Sammy Watkins, and I don't know if Randall will be as good as any of those. But Cornell Powell, maybe. Cornell Powell was a deep threat, and he excelled in his fifth year. So Adam Randall, it sounds based on the camp reports that he's ready to play right away. Clemson needs him. Another fun note I found looking at this list of teams that have pushed the ball down the field. The biggest name below Clemson on this list and we talked about them earlier this week about how they seem to have similar issues to Clemson is Alabama Alabama has four plays of 20 yards or more through the air and zero plays of 30 yards or more through the air none the team that with Waddle and Devontae and Ruggs had big play after big play after big play and then with Mack and Devontae had big play after big play and then last year with Jamison Williams big play after big play no they haven't played a ton of games but only four passing plays of 20 or more zero of 30 or more no passing plays more than 30 yards Bama has a wide receiver issue as well some of their receivers are hurt but I think it's something to keep an eye on if Bama struggles at any other point during the year They have similar issues to Clemson. Number two, and this is probably my favorite game of the weekend, can the Miami Hurricanes be a threat nationally and in the ACC? So they're playing a Texas A&M team that last week lost to App State, only had the ball for 16 minutes. Jimbo has been getting a ton of heat all week. The offense looked terrible. And now you get an up-and-coming Miami team similar to the likes of Texas or USC. But they haven't played anyone yet. Southern Miss, 30-7 win. Bethune-Cookman, 70-13, both at home. Now you go on the road to the 12th man, but it's kind of a dinged-up 12th man. If you're a Miami player, as far as the pregame mental edge, Texas A&M doesn't look as good as they have in the past. A&M before the App State game, oh, they're the team that has the number one recruiting class. They're the team that is going to finish second in the SEC West. They're the up-and-coming team in the SEC. But now it's like, eh, App State beat them. We can beat them. So the, I don't think there will be any, you know, the coaches talk about don't play the name on the jersey, play the team. I don't, I don't think Miami will be worried about the name on that jersey. Miami will be missing their top receiver for this game with an ankle injury. We'll see how that pans out for them. Tyler Van Dyke, big chance to show out during this game. I think Miami can absolutely win this game. This this is a game the Hurricanes can win. I am not big on A&M. A&M favored by six. I, I mean, I guess it's at home. But after last week, I don't trust A&M. I would take Miami plus the six in this game. Uh, maybe I'm too low on A&M. I do preach not getting too high and too low, but A&M looked anemic last week. So we'll see. App State's probably a top 25 team when it's all said and done this year, but the Miami Hurricanes 
at A&M, my favorite game of the weekend. We'll see if the Hurricanes can pull it out. This one's a bit of a reach, but how close can the Gamecocks keep it with Georgia? South Carolina. Georgia's first one, not first real test. They played Oregon. So Georgia goes on the road, first road game of the year at South Carolina, who just lost at Arkansas, had some key defensive injuries. Hasn't really looked great this year. But has played Georgia close through the years. I won't say recently. Georgia has dominated the series recently. But through the years, South Carolina and Georgia, fans will tell you on both sides, that's traditionally a pretty close game, even though Georgia's normally the better team. This spread is 24.5 over under of 55. So they're telling you that Georgia's going to win probably... uh, 40, 41 to 20, 44 to 22, something like that. So a 20 point win for the Bulldogs. No, that's that math is way off. Anyways, uh, that's why I'm talking to you and not do teaching math. So, anyways, they're predicting a big win for Georgia. Reasons to believe South Carolina could keep it close. It's a noon kickoff. Noon kickoffs are early in the day, along with the fact that this could be a letdown spot for Georgia. We talked about how good teams, because these are college kids, can be up and down, and how this is going to be South Carolina's Super Bowl game. The Gamecocks are going to be up for this. Can Georgia get up for a noon game on the road in Williams-Brice? The answer is probably yes, but... Yeah, I just I want to keep my eye on that one. I think that one interests me. Oklahoma, Nebraska. This one stuck out to me because of the spread. Oklahoma is only favored by eleven in this game against a team that lost to Northwestern, against a team that lost to Georgia Southern last week, and then fired Scott Frost, and now they're playing number six Oklahoma and. It's only an 11-point spread. Could could this be one of those games where the coach leaves and the team rallies behind their new head coach and gives the number six team in the country, Oklahoma, a scare? I don't know what other reason there would be to make this an 11-point spread. Oklahoma's better, right? Are they? I think they are, but we've seen it many a time where a coach leaves that the team didn't like and the team rallies around the new guy. There's a new energy. There is a new sense of focus. And at least for a game, you can pull off of an upset like this. So that's it's another game we're keeping an eye on. A, a quick tidbit, low-key fun game of the week, Penn State-Auburn. This is a return trip from last year where Auburn went to Penn State. Nittany Lions favored by three in this game. I'd probably take them minus three. This is a team, an Auburn team that almost lost to San Jose State last week at home. So I would go with the Nittany Lions. But that's just a fun marquee game. Big brands at Auburn. It'll be an entertaining game to watch for sure. App State Troy. App State favored by 12 and a half. Is there a letdown for the Mountaineers after the 
biggest or second biggest win in program history? Does App State have a letdown? Troy's not a bad team. That game, again, only an 11-point spread, or 12-and-a-half. We saw Notre Dame play Ohio State close and lose, and then go home and lose to Marshall. It can be hard to replicate that type of emotion and precision and execution on a week-to-week basis. Is there a letdown today against Troy? I would take Troy plus the 12-and-a-half. For that reason, I think App wins, but another thing to keep an eye on, Another game that surprised me, USC, Southern Cal, only favored by 11.5 against Fresno State. Could this be a better better test than Stanford was? We don't really give a lot of credit to these smaller schools, and, and Fresno's given USC trouble in the past as well. So is this a, a shaky spot for Southern Cal, a game... Again, they're not getting up for. I, I like Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. And if Fresno State's going to win, they're going to have to score a ton of points. But that USC defense is nothing to call home about. You can score on the Trojans. And so I'd be looking at this game and I don't know. One of these sneaky games I listed is going to end up being an upset. That's just usually how it happens. And to finish off the podcast, I know a little shorter today, but I want to give a big thumbs down to the University of Virginia. So this is a story that I was I heard about yesterday. So earlier this year, so Old Dominion travels to Virginia this weekend, and earlier this year, Old Dominion's head coach and the family signed up for a program called Mutts with a Mission. Two year program places puppies at a caregiver's home 18 months before returning them back to the organization for six months they train them as service dogs and they permanently place the dogs with disabled veterans first responders and law enforcement for no cost to the recipient so the coach of old dominion ricky i believe is pronounced rain they've adopted a young yellow lab puppy for the next 18 months and to some extent it kind of became the team's mascot so the the it's a young yellow lab puppy his name is hudson and they call him little huddy he's been in team meetings in the weight room he's been on the sideline during games so far this year and virginia said no you cannot bring this adorable little puppy on the sideline and they didn't really give a good reason and i know there are facilities people out there who can probably give me an explanation of why it wouldn't be smart to bring a puppy on a sideline but georgia brings their mascot most everywhere i i just this thing is harmless look at the picture they've got it in a ski mask it's adorable and virginia said no they said no to this puppy you know the term puppy dog eyes when that you talk about where you can't say no well georgia the only logical conclusion here is that the virginia i don't know why i'm saying georgia i don't know how many times i've said either virginia excuse me virginia hates puppies i think that is the only logical conclusion i can come to here is that the virginia cavaliers hate puppies so old dominion uh also tony elliott former clemson guy put a stop to this this is ridiculous you were a better man. Dabo raised you better. 
That game at 2 p.m. in Charlottesville, Virginia, favored by 8.5. I hope Old Dominion wipes the floor with them and celebrates with the puppy on the bus, in the locker room, on the plane. Other notable games this weekend. We went through most of them, but other games to watch out for that should be good and entertaining. Florida State, Louisville, FSU favored by two and a half. That game will be done by the time you hear this Friday night game, but that should be a fun one. As we look down the list here, Syracuse, Purdue, one and a half point spread, noon kick. That one should be entertaining in the early slate. Oregon BYU battle of two ranked football teams Oregon favored by three and a half at home against a BYU team that beat a ranked Baylor team last week we'll see if Bo Nix and Oregon can bounce back and I want to do something that I haven't done before LSU Mississippi State is another one and then Texas Tech NC State see if NC State can get back on track favored by 10 at home Against Texas Tech, they're 2-0, Power 5 team. Not sure how great they are, but NC State has hopes bigger than Texas Tech, so that's a game they need to take care of, and it's not as easy as Louisiana Tech, if you will. Michigan State at Washington, three-point spread. Iowa favored by 24. I'm not sure they can score 24 points. Nevada plus 24, maybe? Iowa just looks abysmal. Maybe this is the week they put it together. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to look through these games real quick and I'm going to pick a game where the team is favored by 30 or more. And I'm going to take the other team to cover. So we're going to pick a team to cheer for, if you will. So, for example, Ohio State favored by 32 over Toledo. I don't love that one because the Buckeyes are really, really good. Alabama favored by almost 50 over Louisiana Monroe, Wisconsin 37 over New Mexico State. So we're going to pick one of these. And I don't have a lot of knowledge about these smaller schools, but we're just going to ride with them and cheer for them for the weekend. And I think there are two that have stood out to me as I scroll through this list. I'm not picking Louisiana Tech. I can't do it. Texas State and Baylor. But... I think I want to go with Akron. So Tennessee is favored by 47 and a half over Akron. So this is going to be our, our underdog of the week in the sense that I know nothing about Akron and I know Tennessee is a pretty good football team, but we are going to root for Akron to cover the 47 and a half. I don't think any bookie, any guy who is smart is placing any bets on this game is probably a stay away, but let's cheer for Akron plus the 47 and a half and see if they can cover in this football game a little shorter episode than normal but that is today's episode i think that was episode seven of college football weekday with cray enjoy your college football weekends we will be back with you next week to discuss the results of week three what the takeaways maybe some misery index maybe some overreactions we'll have to see what happens hopefully it's as crazy as last week with all the upsets but Again, you can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-K-R-E-H, ESPN 730 The Game, home of this podcast at 730 The Game. You can find podcasts for all your favorite teams there, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.